to prep for that, we need to also integrate tasks and mobility um, tasks and primers that prep us for the movement pattern. So when we start adding load, uh, we start uh, going to more of those uh, work tasks uh, that were prepped and, and ready to go. This is the RIT Team Radio Podcast, dedicated toward the wellness initiative of the fire and rescue community. Stay with us as we explore and share evidence-based research, information, and training methods. Here's your host, Hussein Jabai. Welcome back to RIT Team Radio, where I'm joined again with Ryan Provencher of Firefighter Peak Performance, where we're covering part three of our flexibility and mobility series. Now, first part, we looked at just the overall impacts that flexibility and mobility had on the fire service. What does it really mean? We, we defined both of them, talked about uh, what, it, what it means when applying it to the fire service. Part two, we talked more about stats. We, we kind of honed in on the fact that there's uh, an, an injury out there every eight seconds, what that really means from a medical expense, and then a little bit more on the research side uh, for overall uh, effectiveness of different uh, potential interventions and flexibility and mobility strategies. And now we're going to be talking about actual items. We're going to be talking about things you can take away from this session and implement immediately. So uh, welcome back to the podcast, Ryan. Glad to have you here for us to be, to be able to talk about these actual items and things that firefighters can start implementing into, into their day-to-day life. Uh, thanks, Hussein. And uh, hello to everybody out there. I'm really excited about uh, our topic today. I really like the idea of giving folks some things that they could do today to improve their mobility and or flexibility. And, and in order to do that, we really want to hone in on and focus on these strategies you can you can implement starting the moment you get done with this podcast you can start implementing them or maybe you can go to a, a piece of paper and start writing down for tomorrow anyone uses paper still maybe you use notes in your phone or or some kind of spreadsheet or something but uh we're, we're gonna divide this into two different sections one looking primarily at mobility so being able recapping mobility is asking your body to go through these different movement patterns in a controlled fashion um, and then flexibility is more of just investigating the range of motion, trying to improve the amount of motion you can go through. So, Ryan, first things first is we're kind of looking at a morning routine, right? We're trying to prep for the day. So if we're talking mobility strategies, what does what does the morning look like for you? And what are some things uh, that people need to take in mind? What What is the morning routine for? And what are things people can implement? Yeah, so coming back to differentiating between mobility and flexibility, uh, we talked about mobility being uh, dynamic movements, active range of motion. And so what I really love to do in the morning, maybe have that first cup of coffee and then get right into a 15-minute mobility session, head to toe, joint by joint. And as I'm going through it, I'm really paying attention to, first of all, how does my range of motion feel in each joint? Am I noticing any limitations in any particular joint, uh, any discomfort in any particular joint? And it's really a systematic process. And, and in the end, at the end of that morning routine, I've got just a little bit of sweat going, definitely feel my body's warmed up. Uh, man, just a, just a really great way to start the day. When, like you said, being intentional, one of what you're doing, but then also getting a feel for 
what you discover, right? Think of it as a, and what was interesting, um, and we'll reference this later down the road, is I went to a, uh, a trigger point workshop. And one thing, and I know we probably mentioned this on another episode before, is when you're doing an assessment, and this can be a self-assessment, this can be just general motion, is there's a sense of discomfort or potentially pain, let's say discomfort, soreness. Um, and in some cases, with that restriction of motion, that's kind of like, let's say, a crime scene. And you heard a victim screaming, right? Like something happened. There's there's a crime. So you found the crime. You found the crime scene, right? Which is kind of either the soreness or maybe pain or discomfort. But in many cases, that's not the overall cause. It might be another joint that's, and we've discussed in other episodes, where maybe joint by joint, something that needed to be stable is now mobile. And it's starting to cause discomfort in other areas. And so when you're moving around, the actual cause, which might be another muscle group, it might be a different area, that's the actual, that's the person that committed the crime. You don't go to the crime scene, like the person who committed the crime isn't chilling at the crime scene, just waiting for you to show up, it might happen in other areas. And so that's where, like you said, be intentional, but also be aware, when you're going through the motion, what feels uncomfortable, what feels maybe aches and pains, and then you're trying to figure out what are some other things or some other areas you might need to prioritize during that routine. Yeah. And that's the beauty of going through that systematic approach. And, you know, that's, I like your analogy and I've heard, you know, upstream and downstream from the, the, the discomfort area, you know, all that good stuff. And, and once you have identified that, then you can maybe spend some more time really digging into it where now you're bringing in maybe some soft tissue work or foam rolling upstream, downstream, just to make sure that, that joint is is optimized. And then the other thing that is important to note as you're discovering potential limitations, maybe you're really sore from a, an activity or a workout the day before, you know, use that information to kind of map out your day. Be a little bit cautious about what you engage in uh, if your body's not ready for it. So does your morning routine does it look like what you're gonna do before you train, or is it specifically lower impact and 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 providing you with that quality of movement for in a general sense how does that kind of differ uh between the morning routine for the 15 minutes and then getting into kind of the training mobility routine yeah so it really depends uh depends on what time i'm going to work out so if i'm going to do my if i if it's a moderate day or a strength day or a conditioning day uh i will incorporate this morning routine as part of my warm up because I'm training, you know, first thing in the morning. If I'm planning to train later in the day or in the afternoon, I'll still do just a comprehensive 15 minute head to toe morning routine as a standalone. And then that informs me again for what I would do later in the day. But either, either way, another great opportunity to, to go through this whole process is the warm up for the physical training that you have planned, whether it's your strength and conditioning uh, around your movement patterns or what you've got set up, if you you can you can really select dynamic movements that prime the movement patterns. And it, again, for all the same reasons, one, you get a sense of how your body feels in these patterns. And then you also are warming up and activating and preparing your body to do that work. When not to drift too far off, the, uh, off topic, but when you are generally doing your mobility routine in the morning, and whether this is pre-shift or post-shift or uh, maybe after an intense, intense training session the day before, what are some potential 
problem areas or areas of concern for you? I know just in a general sense, granted, you know, me not being in the fire service, mine by, might be a little different. There might be some similarities across just the general population as a whole. For me, it's usually sometimes hamstrings and sometimes just lower back and trying to get moving and, and get mobile. But what are some areas for morning routine? And we'll talk about exact examples and tasks later in the episode, but what are areas of concern or kind of those discomfort areas you've seen to kind of try and nitpick throughout the years? Yeah. And you, you know, you talked, I think in the last episode about, you know, mobility and stability at different joints. And, you know, here we're talking about a head to toe approach. So if, if I'm starting um, a mobility routine, I'm going through, you know, even neck flexion and neck rotation. Sometimes if you sleep wrong or you know, you've heard the phrase, I've got a kink in my neck, like that'll present itself right out of the gate. And so, you know, Hey, maybe let me get on a lacrosse ball and let me kind of kind of get that loosened up. And then the other thing we talked about last time that I think is super important for firefighters, we talked about thoracic mobility and how that impacts uh, the lumbar spine. So if I'm incorporating, you know, thoracic uh, flexion and extension, or maybe thoracic rotation into my movement, uh, my mobility, my, uh, whether it's a warm up or a morning routine, you know, is the check engine light going to come on? If I'm really don't have any uh, flexion or extension, or if I'm really tight in rotation through my T-spine, boom, that's giving me information that I need, I need to either do a, do a deeper dive in working through that right away to set me up for the day, or it just makes me aware that, hey, I need to be, be aware of that, be cautious around that, either in my workout or in my firefighting for the day. One, I like how you mentioned how you sleep, because it goes back to that, like, proactive versus reactive and you're being in that morning routine you're being reactive to how you slept what position you slept in right and like how you mentioned that because I don't know about y'all but I sleep and one arm's like under the pillow and around and I'm hugging one pillow and I have like three different pillows that I'm using and so it's always and it's always the same arm you realize you only get comfortable in the same position every night. And so it's always the same arm and same shoulder. I don't know if this happens to you, Ryan, or not, but that's just the first thing for me. And so I really, that one shoulder, like I have to work mobility for it. And it's just because because of how I slept, right? So we have to be aware of what are our body positions, sleeping the day before when you're sitting, when you're driving, just those postures, and then, so how are we reactive to that? How do we kind of work our morning routine to be reactive in that sense, but then proactive for the day? So what does drifting over, so kind of the philosophy of the morning routine, what does prepping to move and prepping to perform look like? What is the reason for the dynamic warmup? And kind of what are some objectives for actually implementing it prior to training? Yeah, so if we're still talking about a warm up uh, or even our morning session, there's a, a couple ways to approach it to achieve a similar result. So if we're um, looking at a lunge movement pattern, for example, and uh, to me, just doing a simple uh, leg swing forward and back, leg swing inside, outside, you know, figure eights with your foot, that's all kind of low back, hip. Um, you're really getting a sense of how's your range of motion feel? Do I feel tight through the low back and hips here? Uh, even getting a little bit of the knee joint in that. Um, to me, that's just joint range of motion versus, and you could do in addition to 
uh, a forward lunge with a reach across or a backward lunge with a reach up and over. And now you're bringing in the movement pattern. It's unloaded, but your focus is to, again, get a, a feel for the movement before you load it and then to, to intentionally kind of activate and prime that movement for when you do load it in your workout. And we'll talk about that, I think, here at the end uh, relative to a specific workout. When you're trying to, one, prep your body to, to move at, a, at that higher level for, for the warm up to a training session, right? You're kind of, you're even slowly raising the intensity. It needs to be progressive in nature. You don't walk in and you do a warm up task that is super complex, higher intensity, incorporates, you know, many or as many muscle groups as possible, right? It's very progressive in nature. You start very minimal. Uh, very low impact and you progress in, in sequence to get to that point of now. And you mentioned building up a sweat, not that first task, you should be drenched in sweat and you should be right. Very, very impact. It should be low impact building up to a little bit more higher in intensity, the closer you get to your training session. Um, but then also from a, uh, and, and we'll talk about later, the differences more of mobility versus flexibility, but you're trying to prep your muscles to contract and move and be forceful and, and generate power. It's not doing these tasks to relax your body. It's, it's prepping to move. It's prepping to perform. Yeah. And when, you know, you think about a warm up, could you just walk on a treadmill for five minutes and increase your heart rate and, and feel warmer in general? Yes. Is that the most, in my opinion, the most effective way to actually prime your body for the specific movements that you have planned in your training? I would argue, no, you could certainly incorporate that in at the very beginning. Again, we talk about progressive. You could do a five minute walk on the treadmill. You could do a five to 10 minute, just joint range of motion, dynamic joint range of motion, and then follow that up with just uh, maybe five movements to activate the movement patterns that you're planning. Boom, now you've got a very comprehensive warm-up that is progressive in nature and is you're confident that it's preparing you for the work that you're about to do. Well, and to give you kind of a uh, a simplified format in kind of the time uh differences between the two, uh NSCA's recommendation for uh, a warm-up is having about a 10-minute, maybe five to 10 minute of a very general sense warm-up. This could be a jog, a walk. This could be something very low impact. You might go grab a jump rope. Don't know how, how many of you know how to jump rope, but maybe you go grab a jump rope or something, right? And it's very general. You're just raising, you're moving around and raising your heart rate. But then the other side of that prescription or recommendation is about a 10, maybe 15 minute, uh, very specific and targeted mobility routine. That doesn't mean isolating joints, but it doesn't mean you're you're performing tasks that are very, very high impact. You're still progressing. There's still progression, um, but you're trying to be a little bit more specific. Like you mentioned, what are the movement patterns? What are you trying to incorporate um, into the training session? How do we prep our body for those movement patterns? Yeah, absolutely. So now that we've kind of looked at the differences between the two and, and think of morning, just kind of prepping for the day, being proactive and reactive, and then dynamic warm up, really trying to prep our body for the movement patterns specifically to the training session, but also trying to prep those muscles to contract at whatever uh, force or whatever you're trying to produce in the training session. You don't want to do something so low impact and then turn around your first exercise is 
very high intensity, uh, incorporating a lot of muscle groups at a very rapid pace without prepping and, and priming for that. But what does that look like from a from a programming sense? Let's get into intentional uh, or or strategic scheduling. Let's kind of <laughs> navigate it with that phrase, right? What what does it look like incorporating it in a general sense? Just kind of principles to incorporate. What does it mean to include these into your training schedule for the week? Well, when we talk about designing or programming physical training programs for firefighters, I, I believe that. Uh, periodized physical training is the most effective and and not to get dogmatic about it or to to really um it has to be a certain thing but the way i look at it is that the the physical training is programmed in such a way that there's structure while also providing flexibility that accounts for the stress of firefighting and shift work so for example um you know if i'm on shift one day if i'm choosing to work out on shift that's great but i'm going to build in somewhere in that work cycle. And for me, I work one on two off, one on four off. So it's an eight day cycle. And I build my physical training around an eight day cycle. And so I've got two uh, or three mobility days built into that. And I've got two or three flexibility days built in that to support my strength training days and my high intensity conditioning days. So you have programmed out kind of strategically placing within your training week, where you're training, whether it's high impact days or high intensity days, moderate, low intensity days, but then very um, uh, strategically knowing, okay, based on this, let's say high intensity day or kind of the accumulation of strain of the past couple of days, you know, for a fact, you're going to incorporate the mobility training or the uh, active recovery day that session. Do you kind of have sessions in the bank or um, let's say depending on how you feel that morning, let's use the morning routine as the self-assessment and go, okay, instead of a high intensity day, I need to do a lower impact day. I need to do a lower intensity day. And then do you do maybe the same mobility routine that you have programmed for a different day? Or do you use that morning routine and go, okay, maybe the this bank of tasks I have because of how I'm feeling, let's incorporate this. I guess another word of what I'm asking is, do you only follow the schedule you have or do you try and modify on the fly depending on that morning assessment? And then maybe even um, the uh, uh, the mobility routine prior to training. Yeah, and that's where, you know, being intuitive and intentional really comes in here. So if I had a, you know, a busy shift or a, a higher intensity shift, or I had a, a strength training day or conditioning day, uh, and I know that I'm due or ready for a mobility day. It's a dedicated mobility day in my eight-day training cycle. Today, I'm focusing on mobility. So again, we're just bringing back, we're bringing in all of the same approaches and strategies in a more in, uh, a more drawn-out fashion. So you might go through and do all the same joint, head-to-toe joint uh, exercises to get a sense of how your body's feeling. You dig into now the more um, movement patterns or dynamic movement patterns that are unloaded and uh, very low intensity. And then if you find something, uh, if you find that crime scene, or if, if you're looking at uh, an area for whatever reason, just needs more work, then you can bring in some soft tissue work, maybe do some foam rolling, do some, do some targeted uh, mobility in that area. And every day you're uh, training, you're, you're really being intentional about how your body feels and you're being proactive in mitigating that. Well, I want to add um, and a little bit, We, you and I haven't really discussed this as much because we haven't talked as much into myofascial release or foam rolling, right? Which is myofascial release. 
is, and this is gathering a little bit from the trigger point workshop that I went to, and it was all foam rolling, right? Like we had the trigger point ball and it was prescriptive in nature, what we were doing. And the most general recommendation or prescription, I would say, uh, with foam rolling without getting too deep into the weeds with this is thinking about larger muscle groups, dividing them in half. So let's say you're working the front of your leg, you're working your quads, you might divide that into upper thigh and lower thigh on the front side. And the thought process is to run at least four uh, sweeps or four rolls back and forth, right? Like you'll roll down and up. That's one. And you'll do that four times. And then you will find whatever you'll kind of work your way around. And there's always that one spot, right? Where like, it's a little bit uncomfortable because it's that really tight pressure point and it's going to relieve the most tension. There's always that, especially hip flexors, IT bands, you're going to find all the, the knots in there, but there's always that one in certain muscle groups and you pin it, right? So you'll put a lot of pressure there and then you'll go through flexion and extension of the nearest limb. For instance, you might pin your quad on a certain point and you'll bend your knee, you'll bend your leg at the knee joint a couple of times and you'll feel because you pin the muscle as you're starting to bend your leg and your foot is going closer to your hamstring, right? You're starting to bend your knee. You're going to feel a stretch just from pinning that point. So it was interesting. We worked through this workshop. We, we would roll and we would pin our tricep and we would go bending our elbow. We would pin on, on our scapula and we would, or uh, on our shoulder blades around our scapula. And so we would pin a muscle group and then we'd go through different shoulder movements. And it was, it was just a, a, a very interesting and, and unique experience to say the least. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it is if you have a plan that incorporates all of this into it on a regular basis, you know, think of it like taking out the trash. If you take out the trash once a month, it's going it's <laughs> to pop up everywhere. But if you take out the trash once a day or, or, you know, and you're, or, you know, every other day, there's just less trash to take out. So you're managing it. And then the other thing I would add, uh, we know that, you know, uh, cardio is important for firefighters. So this is a, this is another area where you could just do some light cardio, not, not anything that competes with your recovery, but again, just, just light work uh, in support of this whole idea of either recovering from the training or work that you've done. Uh, or priming for work that lies ahead. And that's another, again, these things just kind of fall in this box of low intensity training, focused mobility, um, being intentional about your recovery and your performance. So drifting from mobility, going over toward the flexibility side, and again, knowing the difference, think mobility is that desired uh, requiring your body to go through this controlled motion uh, on demand. You're asking your body to do this. And flexibility is more of just general range of motion. We just want to increase how much we can uh, move in a sense. And so how does that differ? What does, uh, when would we incorporate that into our day? And then how does that routine uh, differ from something we would do specifically looking at the mobility and the preparatory side of things? Yeah. And so we, we talked kind of differentiated between mobility and flexibility. And I know there's a lot of discussion out there about when do you do static stretching? Should you do it before your workout or after? And, and I feel like if we're differentiating between mobility and flexibility, and you and I just spent a lot of time covering the mobility side of it. Now we get to talk about flexibility. We can talk about static stretching. We can talk about PNF and other strat strategies to uh, release tension in the muscle, to lengthen the muscle, to 
you know, identify what end range is for any particular joint and, and working with that. And, and again, to me, it's the same. So instead of a morning routine where you're really ramping up for your day, I really love an evening routine that helps you wind down from your day. Uh, man, what feels better than just 10, 15 minutes of just light stretching uh, either, you know, before dinner, after dinner, before you go to bed, just as a, an intentional way to wind down from either your training specifically or just the stress of the day. Well, and I want to add a little bit behind kind of the reasoning, right? Why you might include static stretching. Because again, that's the number one. I get to ask all the time too. When do I, and they don't worry about static stretching. First, it's like, when do I stretch? And you kind of mentioned right before, like you get moving. They're like, no, 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 no. Where do I do the stretches where I just like hold a position and I just kind of stretch that. You might see people re reach their arm across and grab their elbow and stretch, you know, the back of their shoulder, or their tricep. They might do, you know, grab their leg and stretch their quad, whatever it might be. And um, the, the thought process is, and, and the reasoning you won't do as much, hopefully uh, you won't do as much static before training is static stretching because you're holding in those uh, in that range or at that end position for about 15 to 60 seconds and really getting a good stretch, it's meant for increasing range of motion, but it is actually going to have a reduction, a reduction of strength output if you're trying to do a session right after it. Think of it, you're trying to increase that, that, that range, but it's not prepping to perform. You're not, so they should be two different sessions. Don't think we're trying to ramp, ramp flexibility and mobility and, you know, resistance training, all of it into the same session realistically. Um, and we'll talk about in a second cool downs, but it should be dissected and think thought of as different components. Um, I also want to add for general pop, which in a prep preferred state, you would do this daily, but for those that maybe you haven't started, maybe we haven't convinced you to start doing resistance training yet. Maybe you haven't started a routine that just the flexibility routine in itself for the general population, the recommendation is two to three days per week, just, just for general health. That's not even taken into account the impact of your job. It's not taken into the account, the impact of your resistance training. This is just very, for general health, you should be doing flexibility um, at least let's say three times per week. So what does that mean? Uh, and, and we'll get into a little bit more of, of prescription in, in a general sense and where to incorporate it, cool downs and so forth. But if the general pop should be doing it three days a week, how does that kind of differ? What does that mean to you, Ryan, as a firefighter and what you go through within your profession? Yeah. And that's where I just really love the idea of, for one, really being intentional about what you're trying to do or the adaptation you're looking for. So if we're talking about mobility. That's one thing. If we're talking about strength. That's its own thing. If we're talking about conditioning or aerobic capacity. That's its own thing. And then over here, flexibility, right? So we're, we're separating those out and then we're being intentional in our programming and our periodization in how we bring those things in. And we're covering all of it in a way that's manageable for each individual, and that could be different. And that's where these suggestions come in. So if we're talking about flexibility, just an evening routine, every night, hopefully, or, or certainly maybe off shift, or just whatever works best for you, certainly at least that three days a week you're mentioning, just that 10 or 15 minute stretching routine. Minimum, right? Three days per week, minimum. Find where you need it. You know, if, if you find areas that are tighter than others, spend more time there. Uh, that's where that intentional training comes in. Again, taking out the trash. If you're 
doing that unloading, that intentional release of tension, unpacking the harder work you've done earlier in the day or earlier in the week, uh, there's just less to do uh, next time. You're, you're staying on top of it, so to speak. So now let's say we kind of incorporate this into post-training. Let's say we're drifting into the cool down perspective. We did our mobility, our movement, primers. Uh, we got our body ready to go. We did a hard training session. And now we're incorporating this thing. And I mentioned before, right? Like cool downs to some people might be grabbing their gym bag and walking out. Uh, that's my cool down on my way to my car. Or maybe it's put racking the equipment. That's my cool down. But what does the cool down mean to you? And what? Do, how do we incorporate um, some kind of flexibility routine? And then what can you be doing while you're doing the routine uh, routine to add value to what you're doing? Yeah, so, you know, in the same way that you ramp up for your workout, you know, consider ramping down post-workout. So there's lots of different ways to do it. But, you know, you, you know, if you're doing uh, some sort of interval training or strength training, even just walking on the treadmill just for a couple minutes, just to, you know, let your heart rate come down, let your body cool down. Uh, if you're feeling tight in particular areas, maybe you, you do bring in some soft tissue work post-workout, as we were mentioning, and then certainly getting into some of these poses that are specific to unload uh, the, the work that you've done. So we were talking about the lunge and some different ways to prime and prepare for that movement pattern. Well, if we get into maybe a, a pigeon or a modified pigeon to really unload that posterior hip, the glute, a little bit of the hamstring, and then we're also bringing in a, a kneeling quad stretch where we're opening up the hip flexor and the quad, those, those two movements really do a great job of unloading the lunge, for example. And you, when you walk out of the gym, you should feel kind of, ooh, I feel kind of light through my hips and legs instead of just being so stiff and tight. One, probably the number one pit, modified pigeon, pigeon pose, modified pigeon is definitely one that's out there to, to help with your hips and just the, the impact in, in the lower back and, and the, uh, the hips and glutes and so forth. Um, the next one, kind of the, the, the more common one that I've probably implemented with others, but kind of the, I would say not necessarily the most amount of noise, but you know, when you have a group go through something and everyone's like, ah, Right. They all do that side like together. And you're like, that was, and you knew it was going to happen because it's that one pose where, you know, everyone's going to feel the relief from it, but doing child's pose, right? Like drifting your hips back and going into child's pose is like probably the number one thing where just everyone kind of gets this sense of relief. And it's a very comfortable and relaxing posture and, and position to be able to, to get into. So thinking more of those, to get, get into the relaxation slash the recovery mentality to things. Absolutely. And then bringing in a, a breathing technique into that, that also further, further facilitates that relaxation. So uh, mindful of breathing, you know, maybe you're breathing in five seconds and out seven seconds, or just something that really kind of ties your intention and your breath to these positions you're holding can really go a long way in, in further facilitating that relaxation. So we talked about mobility. We talked about being one, a primer for the day, but then a primer for your workout. We talked about kind of the mentality and the objectives behind it, and then talked a little bit more about flexibility, dove a little bit into the purpose behind it, different, maybe some examples of tasks you can do. Let's kind of piece those together, right? What does, and starting with uh, the workout, 
aspect and kind of a sample of how to in integrate into a workout, what might be a, a sample routine or primer you could incorporate today prior to training? Yeah. And so just kind of to put a bow on the flexibility section, again, having a whole day dedicated to flexibility. Maybe, you, maybe you're doing yoga that day and that's your workout for the day. Uh, and again, you're putting all the pieces together. So if we're kind of now putting it all together uh, in terms of mobility and flexibility and how that fits into the big picture of our training or our programming, uh, here's a sample workout I want to throw out there for listeners. Give this a try. So the training protocol is 20 seconds work, 10 seconds rest uh, for four exercises. And you're going to do eight rounds for each exercise, four minutes per round. The four exercises are Weighted walking lunge, which is the lunge movement pattern. Kettlebell press, one arm, which is a vertical press. The med ball slam, which there's a pulling element, but primarily a hip hinge. And then a split stance row, where really we're looking to uh, the, the horizontal row is the primary movement pattern there. So we know we've got four different movement patterns. So let's build a head to toe joint uh, mobility, dynamic movement, uh, circuit that primes for that. And we're going to do each of these exercises for one minute. So uh, the shoulder rotation, you're standing up tall, your, your arms are extended, you're rotating backward, each arm in an alternate fashion for one minute, and then you alternate forward each arm for one minute. Dynamic arm pull is just switching arms, almost like Superman ripping his shirt. That's activating posterior shoulder. We talked about T-spine flexion extension is just a great way to prime for a hip hinge. And then I call it knee to chest, heel to glute. It's almost like kickstarting your motorcycle. Your knee comes up to your chest, you kick back and you're just getting that uh, circular motion through the hips and legs. So we've got your training session and your warm up uh, up to this point. You know, how does that land for you? I like how you provided verbal cues. Like you've explained these before, right? Where you say <laughs> kickstarting and like you're ripping your shirt off. Right, Because it, it provides you with cues of, okay, now I know what you're talking about. Even just verbally, right, you can kind of get a, get a sense um, of, of what, what it might be. Um, even off of that, and I know it's kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but for those that go, okay, still, I have really don't know what those names are. Maybe I want to see how to do those. What's a good resource for them to reach out to or to even be able to see what these tasks are? So um, as you know, I've been working on a simple tool series for fire station gyms with Crackle Magazine, uh, a kettlebell, sandbag, med ball, TRX. Uh, the whole idea with the whole series is just to introduce folks to these concepts using very basic and simple tools. And so um, this is the approach that I've used in putting together not only each of the moderate and high intensity workouts, but also each of the standalone training days that cover what we're talking about. And even coming back to this particular workout, I wanna make sure we don't miss the cool down, uh, which is uh, to me that we talked about the modified pigeon and the kneeling quad for um, unloading the lunge. Uh, I feel like the floor scorpion where you're laying uh, face down, kicking that leg back and over, you're really opening up through the chest and shoulders and then downward facing dog really does a great job of unloading that whole posterior chain. So just coming back to planning this workout, we've covered our dynamic warm-up specific for the training session. We've planned our comprehensive cool down to, to unload the training that we've done. Uh, and then 
as I'm sharing with you, you know, I've certainly used these strategies to build these simple workouts uh, in association with Crackle Magazine. One, I like just to to hone in on this workout, right? This being an example workout. The fact that you mentioned going off of movement patterns, not saying we're doing this because we're training biceps. We're doing this because we're training traps. We're doing this because we're training quads, right? It's we are selecting very uh, strategically choosing an exercise because of the movement pattern it's associated to, but then even taking a step further and saying to prep for that, we need to also integrate tasks and mobility um, tasks and primers that prep us for the movement pattern. So when we start adding load, uh, we start uh, going to more of those uh, work tasks uh, that were prepped and, and ready to go. Uh, so now that we have, let's say that's an individual workout, what does a week look like? And the, the, the um, routines or the actual workouts in themselves per day, might look different, right? There's plenty of other uh, things you can incorporate from day to day from a general sense. How do you uh, potentially schedule out specifically flexibility days or specifically mobility days or or when you train? Yeah, so I made reference to an eight-day training cycle around my shift work. So if I'm on shift today, I'm going to do a mobility session this morning like we talked about. Coming off shift, I'm going to just have a, a lower light flexibility day by day three, I'm ready for a strength day, and I'm going to do this workout that I just described to you at moderate intensity. I'm not putting the, the pedal to the metal. I'm doing it at a moderate. I'm getting a feel for the exercises. I'm working, but I'm not crushing myself. I'm on shift that next day, mobility day. I'm off shift, flexibility. Um, I could add another strength day and do something. I would have a different program on a for the strength tray on um for the second strength day, mobility. And then the final day in the in the cycle is high intensity training. Now I'm going to do this same workout that I've prepped and primed for all week. I've practiced at least once, if not twice, in my lower or my moderate intensity training day. And now I, I'm confident that I can go all out, perform at my highest level, and not get hurt doing it. Well, and I, I also want to um uh, reiterate uh that this schedule works for you, right? It works for this routine, works for your schedule. It works for you're aware of the other, um, let's say responsibilities and obligations you have. And that this schedule in itself works great as a good sample and a template. But anyone that's wanting to train also take into account all the other things that are unique to you as an individual. And this goes for any program, right? We don't we're, as we talk about programs, as we talk about tasks, it's still understanding you might have a different shift schedule. You might have uh, OT, you might have another job, you might have other obligations, responsibilities, like you have to be strategic for you. But this being a very good sample routine and a sample schedule for those that might want to start, and maybe this works for you, that you can incorporate something into your week. Absolutely. There's so many right ways to do it. And you'll, you know, we, you and I will never say this is the only way or the right way or any dogma. Uh, we'll throw out suggestions and, and folks, you can really modify this in so many ways to meet your own goals and to address the needs that you have personally. Now, as we talk about flexibility and mobility, we talk about recommendations and guidelines out there. Uh, know that the NSCA, the National Strength and Conditioning Association has 
just different recommendations, different suggestions for incorporating this into our training, making sure we have our 10 minutes uh, of very generalized prep and then 10 minutes of very specific prep prior to training, uh, knowing just the uh, potentially the conflict of incorporating static stretching immediately prior to training. So hone in on the dynamic uh, nature, the dynamic stretching or dynamic more mobility tasks prior to training, um, and just utilize them as a resource. Utilize them as a guide for incorporating these into your daily schedule. Um, I also want to uh, again, highlights the simple tool series that you have. I know we've brought it up. We've talked about before we even have one of our podcast episodes is simple tools, right? And just talking about these very, uh, very versatile, unique ways, right? Some of them incredibly simple, right? That's the concept of the series, but just these principles and strategies to incorporate into your day-to-day -day life within your agency at home to be able to work on your health and wellness. Um, so with that, and we'll tag it in all our other references, but for those that are listening, and again, I'll mention it in the description, where would they find your simple tool series? Uh, you can go to my website is firefighterpeakperformance.com or the fitness and wellness platform is firefighterpeakperformance.teachable.com. Well, and to add to that too, and, and I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to display this. I think I'm going to do a sub page and make it because my website being jabbaiperformancetactical.com, I might just add a page where it's then backslash TAC10. Uh, but I have a, a program, a movement prep program called TAC10. Um, I've actually just utilized it in a way where I go and work with agencies and the, when we're talking about flexibility and mobility, the, the question is, okay, well, what should I do? And so I just threw together these 10 different flows, these 10 different tasks, where if you're going to do anything, here's something you can follow. And, and we've seen, uh, I've seen just with the research we've done, because we've done mobility research for eight-week strength and conditioning programs and so forth, where I just incorporated that in. And it was a great way to get everyone moving and get started and have incredible feedback behind it. But realistically, I've kind of picked uh, picked and chosen tasks that you're familiar with. And we mentioned child's pose. One of the flows is literally child's pose into sphinx, or you could go into cobra and you're just going back and forth. You're like stretching your hip flexors in your core, and then you're going back and stretching more your posterior chain. It's just this constant flow. And that's one of the tasks. So it's not like it's a complete secret where I completely created tasks out of nowhere, but it's just giving you, if you don't do anything and it, there's a, and you need a great start, just a list of 10 things you can do. That's where I kind of formulated the, the tech 10 side of things. So I'll, I'll find a way I'll put it in the description. It'll probably be a sub page to my website, but it's just a resource for you for a movement prep routine. But even with that, it's not the do-all end-all. We said there's no one right way to do things. There's plenty of resources, plenty of references, and things you can incorporate into uh, your day and into your weekly routine. So, uh, Ryan, any other resources, any other um, uh, references or places individuals can look for for guidance or for advice? Yeah, and as I mentioned before, you know, I've had mobility. I've struggled with mobility and flexibility my whole life, and I've been very uh, proactive in seeking out resources to just help me with that. And I found quite a few that have helped me in different ways and that I highly recommend for anyone out there that's interested in doing a deeper dive on this. So uh, Gold Medal Bodies is the first one that comes to mind. GMB, 
there's a physical therapist on the team over there. There's a coach that's been in the business for probably 30 years, very knowledgeable, and they provide all sorts of different options for mobility, flexibility, and they present it in a way that's fun and can be built into everything we've talked about in the ways that we've talked about. Uh, many of you probably have heard of Kelly Sturette, uh, formerly of Mobility Wad. His new company is called The Ready State. He takes a very uh, intentional and systematic approach to mobility, flexibility. Um, one I've discovered just this year is called Kin Stretch, and it's uh, targeted joint strengthening using functional um, range conditioning principles. Uh, really enjoying that. And I see a, a lot of benefit and value for firefighters. Uh, GoWad has an app that does everything we've talked about. They've got a, a pre-workout option. They've got a post-workout option. They've got a daily routine option all in the palm of your hand. Uh, that's a really efficient way to go. And last but not least, uh, Precision Movement. Uh, Eric Wong is the founder of Precision Movement. He's a physical therapist and again has these uh, periodized programs that are intentional about addressing mobility and flexibility. Man, with that list of resources and then everything we've talked about, I I don't see why someone who's listened through the whole episode, why someone would say, well, flexibility and mobility, how do I get started, right? right. <laughs> right? To, to recap, we talked about your morning routine, right? Your 15 minutes of being intentional and prepping for the day. We talked about your, your time priming your body, prepping your body to perform, doing your dynamic movements before you train. We talked about your cool downs. We talked about incorporating stuff to release and relieve the tension and to uh, ramp down from your training session. We talked about flexibility, trying to incorporate throughout our week and understanding that flexibility session in itself should be focused on flexibility, right? When you're incorporating mobility and you're incorporating more dynamic sense, that's very strategic for performance or for your day, but static or thinking flexibility should be intentional of just think quality uh, uh, in a sense of range of motion. You're just trying to improve your flexibility and should be a very targeted, very flexibility-oriented session. It's kind of devied out to itself. We also talked about kind of some scheduling, how we can manipulate where we're implementing mobility, where we're impl implementing flexibility, and how we can arrange it around our shift schedule. So uh, we've, we've kind of done it all, right? The first one was, what does it mean to the fire service? The second one was, just even, and it was the surface level, right? There's just very surface level on the research side of things, what the research says for flexibility and mobility, but then we gave you actual items, right? We gave you resources. We gave you suggestions of getting started. So hopefully this series uh, helped you get started in a sense, at least for flexibility and mobility. We have some interesting topics coming up and we want to make this an ongoing thing where we can give you more uh, concepts about whether it's, uh, uh, resistance training, cardiovascular training, uh, different different concepts, different principles. That way you can take on and be in control of your own health and fitness. So I appreciate it, Ryan, for you joining us here on the podcast. Hopefully y'all have learned something throughout this three-part series of flexibility and mobility. And if you have any other suggestions, if there's things that you want to learn about, there's things you want us to talk about and really bring to the table so you can learn more and apply it to your day-to-day, -day, feel free to reach out to us and be on the look for our next topic.